but generally you're going to have some some drawdown. So what I will do is once I'm done with the initial pour, I'll actually insert right the plunger in the top to create an air lock to hold it in. So you know to do the A version right of, of kind of getting it to to stay steady and not draw down. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, a one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about coffee. It doesn't matter if it's about the AeroPress that you have questions, or maybe a Kalita Wave, or you're wondering what the difference in carbonic maceration and natural and washed processed coffees are. Coffee 101 is the place for you. If you haven't listened to some of the previous episodes go and check them out because it is knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb and we're happy you're here so welcome i'm in the studio today with the lovely katie katie how are you i'm actually doing very well just tired yeah but i'm always tired so yeah it's no, like you're a, not yeah well it's it's always sunday yeah. I'm just, Sunday is like, my brain's like, nah. Well, but it's you know. It's a nice relaxing day for me. Yeah. It's like good tired. It's not like, oh my gosh, so tired. I'm yeah. just like. And it, it should be. And everybody should have that little rest period in their usual weekly schedule. Otherwise, you get burnt out. Yes. Well, today we have Jeremy Moore, which we've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. Good friend of mine from Bond Life Coffee Roasters in Cleveland, Tennessee. And do you know what we're talking about today? Pour overs? Close. Lead so, a wave. Period. No. So Why we're going to be we're going to be talking about the AeroPress. Oh. So that, yeah, okay. Yeah, so one of my favorite ways to make a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh-huh. And especially also when you're on the road. Yeah. And so I think this is going to be a really cool episode because here's the drum roll part Mm -hmm. is the reason I got Jeremy back on is he is one of the past U.S. AeroPress champions. Ooh. Yeah. So he got to go compete in world competition. That's cool. And so he he's going to on the show give us his winning recipe Mm -hmm. and then little old me Last year, last year, I got fourth in the U.S. Wow. In the AeroPress Championships. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so now you know. And so, you. And so, so accomplished. I'm also going to give my personal Experience. fourth place U.S. AeroPress recipe. And like this is of judges that are kind of our peers. And so uh-huh. like... Like, these are people in the coffee industry. They're like, ooh, this coffee tastes better than this coffee. Yeah. And the only difference is, in the competitions, is is how you use the AeroPress. They have some rules, but how you use it to be able to get that coffee because, or how it tastes. Because otherwise, everybody, they give everybody the exact same coffee. So, that's where those little nuances come in. So, if 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 you're a one on one out there and you don't have an AeroPress, it's it's one of my strongest recommendations 
of like what you need at home that will kind of up your coffee game. What do you think, Katie? You're smirking over there. No, I'm sorry. I just keep looking at the recording button. Well, that was like a couple of that episodes was a, I ago. know it was a while ago, but it still haunts me. I'm sorry. <laughs> continue. Don't, don't do that. Okay. Well, let's just jump into the interview with Jeremy Moore, Bond Life Coffee Roasters, about the AeroPress. Jeremy, we got you back on. Hey, uh, excited to be back. I, I thought after the last time you'd learned your lesson and we wouldn't be doing this again, but well, here we are. Well, what the uh, what the one one ers out there don't know is that on the last episode, uh, you were literally like driving to the airport, and so um, we were just trying to survive the rest of that and before you got into the parking garage and your cell service went out. That's right. That's right. We ended it uh, kind of with a whimper, right? With bad service and just <laughs> faded away. Yeah. We did. It was like it, we got it probably as close as you could possibly get before it just went completely downhill. But uh, although I will say, I, I listened back to it and it sounded, you know, yeah, you couldn't tell. We we just told told on ourselves there, right? You, yeah, you did a good job of editing it out. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. It was a great episode, and I thought I'd get you back on today because. Uh, a brewing method that is kind of near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to your heart, is the AeroPress. And so um, the reason, well, part of the reason it is, is just because you and I like it. But also in, was it 2014? It, it was my, my early coffee fame, right? Yeah. Yeah, so in 2014, you were the U.S., AeroPress champion, and then right. and then uh, competed. Where was Worlds then? Worlds were in Rimini, Italy. Which, well, that's uh, cool. I highly recommend. Okay, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, this past year, I competed in my first AeroPress championship, and I got fourth in the U.S. So I thought that was not bad. For the first That's fantastic. time, fantastic. Although it's it's one of those that's tough, right? Because you almost got a trophy. I almost got a trophy. <laughs> like it actually came down to, you know, it's um they had let's see, uh first and second no for the third and fourth place they uh went you know we went directly against each other, and so of the three judges, I got one and the other guy got two. And I even over I even overheard one of the judges, you know, say, I really liked cup da 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 which was my cup. Um and so, you know, you just never know. Um and uh but there were some good recipes out there. But let me give the one oh oneers a quick background on the AeroPress. Um so there was this engineer at Stanford named Alan Adler, who he's of AeroPress, Aerobi, um, all of that fame. And he started looking for a better way to brew a cup of coffee in 2004. And he worked in his garage like all engineers and inventors do before um, actually getting a prototype. And he liked the concept of espresso, but what he thought is what if you could actually control yourself and actually even plunge the water over the puck and so boom that's how the air press was invented and um the world has never been the same since 
It's true. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess this is an audio only podcast, but it is. if you could see what I'm doing right now, you'd appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I have my golden AeroPress uh, that I just flashed across the screen here. Yeah, and it's actually signed, or it's theoretically signed by... No, no, he he signed it. Did he really? uh, Okay. Sharpie. Was he there? He was. In fact, uh, if if you Google Jeremy Moore, Alan Adler, AeroPress, Uh you'll actually find a few pictures of us together. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, he he was at the the 2014 championship. And uh, and then after that, for a few years, I I would show up. um, There's another coffee guy, Rusty Obra. I'm not sure... If yeah. you ever met Rusty, uh-uh. Rusty's Hawaiian um, coffee. Uh, he won the 2015 okay. championship. And uh, and so he and I, and he's still, he's done a better job staying in touch with the Aerobi folks than I have. That's cool. So if you go to like the specialty coffee conventions, uh, sometimes he'll end up being at their booth uh, pressing AeroPress coffees. But yeah, um, you know, long story short, AeroPress is a fantastic uh, brewing method. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, no. I want, I want uh, you to talk. So tell, yeah, yeah, tell me why, why you like it um, and how you use it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I love it for, so when I I started using it actually, because I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I would travel and if you end up in hotels, there's nothing worse consistently than hotel coffee. I mean, yeah. it doesn't right. matter what kind of machine they have in the room. It, they've somehow figured it out how to make it consistently bad, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. Right. Um, how consistent the terribleness is. Right. But so I finally kind of got myself a little go kit mm-hmm. you know, with an AeroPress, a grinder, a whole you know nerd setup. Uh, and I and this is before the AeroPress Go, which we'll talk about in a second. That's right. Go this ahead. Is, you know. 2011, 2012, 2013, before I decided to compete, you know, in, in the U S championships. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I would agree, I'd say definitely very challenging to find good hotel coffee. And so I I do the exact same thing is I have, um, just a, what is now what I'd call an old school air press that I take with me everywhere I go. I take my own coffee um, sometimes I will take a, something to boil water, but honestly, a lot of times, and this is what I call like MDing it, um, like making do is I will just run water once or twice through the coffee brewer that they have like actually in the room to get it hot enough, you know, to then use in the air press. Yep. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, so I'm going to tell myself again here. So I, I did that for a few years and I'll still do it sometimes, but now I've actually learned that part of the experience of travel is trying the terrible coffee in different places. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't travel with it that often anymore. Yeah. Um, I still use it for camp, you know, camp setup sometimes and things, yeah. but, uh, but generally, you know, I just suck it up and take whatever, uh, Nespresso or K cup or, or whatever thing they have <laughs> there for me See, in the local Hampton Inn. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. So I, I end up still taking it um, just about just about everywhere. And I tell you one thing that is hit or miss is I'll forget to bring a coffee mug 
And a lot of times I will bring, I have a few that are like enamel mugs. And um, so those are really good to press firmly down on, but also travel with and know that they're not going to break. Um, and um, so that can also get a little dicey if you forget your um, your coffee mug. But actually, and I think this is probably worth saying because this is the AeroPress episode, is just some little tips and tricks as far as, um, you know, things that we do. So, like, for example, let's say that you do, you are at a hotel and you do have your AeroPress and you did forget your coffee cup and all you have are these paper coffee cups. And and if anybody else out there has a better idea on this, you know, write in, DM us through Humble Coffee on Instagram or right through the um, reviews in the podcast. But what I will do, and I'm kind of standing up showing Jeremy this now, so you, unfortunately you can't see this, is I will put my hands on the bottom of the AeroPress because I do, and, and, and Jeremy, you and I should talk about this, the inverted method versus the traditional method. So I do inverted, and I will put the plunger in there, and I will actually use my shoulder to like like do the press so i've got both hands on the bottom and i use my shoulder to do the actual press so i don't like squish the cup so any tips tricks that's a good that's a good tip and trick right there because that is you know if you're going to use some pressure yeah you you need a cup that won't collapse on you or you need a method of of diverting of that rigging pressure, it. right so that you don't uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, tell me about, um, so I just alluded to the traditional method versus um, inverted. Tell me a little bit about those and, and tell me how you like it now and how you had it when you had the winning recipe for the U.S. in 2014. Yeah, you know, the the winning recipe was a, uh, a non-inverted, okay. right? um, but I, one of the, the, the tricks that I do to kind of keep because if you just leave it open and pour right it's going to draw down you know like like any other um, natural drip method right a little slower maybe because of the filter but um but generally you're going to have some some drawdown so what i will do is once i'm done with the initial pour i'll actually insert right the plunger in the top mm. to create an air lock to hold it in yeah um, so kind of you know to do the the a version, right. Of, of kind of getting it to, to stay steady and not draw down. I will say, you know, I don't know that I have a, you know, even though I, I won with, with that and I'm pretty biased for that reason, honestly, I actually on the fly, I don't know that I've ever told the story, right. I, okay. I adjusted my brew method for the championship based on the coffee. Huh. Um, and I, I think they're still doing it this way, right. Where you show up and they're going to give you a coffee to brew. So everybody's yeah. brewing the same coffee. That's right. Um, and, and the coffee that we had was, a, I thought, a little bit dark, a little bit strong. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want it to be too concentrated. Uh, so that's why I kind of, I actually kind of encouraged a little bit faster uh, drawdown mm-hmm. to ensure that it wasn't too strong a cup. Um, and, and that's one of the things I like about AeroPress is you can vary, you know, cup strength based on the coffee you're dealing with, based on what you're in the mood for, based on, you know, you can even take the same coffee and, you know, if you like yours stronger than I do. Um, you know, we can, we can adjust and make two separate cups pretty quickly Mm -hmm. in an AeroPress versus most other methods. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. 
brought to you by Humble Coffee. All right, coffee shop owners out there, you have brand new employees and they like coffee, but they may not know that much about coffee. Coffee 101 is your source. You can pick and choose which episodes you want them to listen to, and it can be their onboarding. You don't have to do anything. So you can just sit back and let it do its thing, and then magically your new employees have coffee knowledge. So have them check out Coffee 101. All right, let's get back to my interview with Jeremy Moore of Bond Life Coffee Roasters. There are several ways that you can control um, the actual final cup. And so when you're saying with it being impromptu, a darker roast or however you want to say it, um, and you adjusted, so did you adjust where your overall time was less to completion or, or what did you do? Yeah, I, I, I controlled my my pour made it a little bit faster. Right. Okay. And then rather than, than seeding the, to, I actually let it draw down, let it drip through. A okay. Little bit faster, okay. Right? Okay. Versus, cool. Versus controlling the steep. So for one of oneers out there. So v- what Jeremy did in doing that is, is he, that first drawdown or, or the water that's going to go through, you're going to get more of that kind of acidic, um, kind of some people would call it bitter but i'd call it like acidic uh type of um aspect of the cup and then your sweetness and your body are going to come later and so what he was doing was he was compensating for that darker roast by um letting some of the acidity stay in and then having less overall water that would then contribute ultimately you know to that body especially. Yep. That's it. Trying to, to bring forward some of the brightness and acidity, right. Uh, from what was overall a, a more chocolate dark cup. Right. right. So I wanted to, wanted to stand out, right. Cause if everybody's doing the same coffee, uh, if in that kind of situation, right, you want something that's different, um, cause it'll stand out good or yeah. bad. Well, and the, uh, what you were doing was, I would call the traditional method the one that kind of, you know, the, they have the instructions for on there. The difference being that once you got your water in there, you put the plunger, and we'll put a link to the AirPress website so y'all can see what we're talking about, but you put the plunger in there to make an airlock so that that water didn't continue to slowly drip through. And the other way is the inverted method. Um which is usually, you know, what I use. And, and what you do is you, you have the plunger as your base and you put the other piece on top of that, put your coffee in there, um, and that's how you do it. And, and then right at the end, right before you flip, well, that's what you do. So right, right towards the end, you actually flip it onto your cup of coffee um, I have actually never, I've heard of people making a mess with that. I've, I've never luckily made a mess. Have you ever, I, I have achieved significant messes. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know why, like I would be fine as far as that or, or why I haven't, you know, had any trouble, um, with that. And I don't know, it might be because I don't, I don't leave much of an air pocket, 
um, you know, once I get all my water in there, I actually will draw that outer ring down to where there's almost no air before I seal everything off. Um, so I don't nice. know. I don't know if that's what it what the difference that probably is. helps, right? Less less room for things to yeah. swish around. That's the scientific term. Swish yeah, around. swish around. You know, the other thing that I will do, uh, which I think is key, and I learned this early on, is right at the very end, I will do like a pretty significant squeeze down onto uh, the puck or like what's left of the coffee to get a lot of those last drips in. Now, some would argue that's putting a little more bitterness into the cup because that's the tail end of your extraction. But the advantage that I have in doing this is when I then take it off of there and move it to the trash, I don't drip coffee all the way across the kitchen to the trash and make a mess. Um, and and that, that to me is also key and a benefit to the AeroPress. No, you're right. That, that's actually one of the other things that I like a lot about it, even if you're not doing it on the road, which you know, portability is huge for it. But even stationary, right, it's it's a pretty self-contained, low-mess um, brewer, right? Yeah. That, that is a pretty easy to clean up, and it's pretty forgiving, you know, as far yeah. as for, from a brew standpoint, too. It's it's uh, You can make a bad cup of coffee, and I have done it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's naturally going to be pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, you can change up your concentration. We talk about coffee-to-water ratios. Um, I, sometimes, and I'll put a link in the show notes for this, um, I've got a YouTube video um, where I, I have like a, it's almost like a one-to-six coffee-to-water ratio. I don't add any on the back end. Um, makes a really quick, strong cup of coffee uh, that's somewhere in between what would, what an espresso would taste like and what a cup of drip coffee would taste like. And, um, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned not adding water and so you can do it more concentrated, but I know I, I've played around a lot too and done a few that I really liked where you do a concentrated brew uh-huh. and then you can adjust right by, by adding the water after the fact to make it a more traditional you know, yeah. filter or drip coffee strength. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, and, while we're thinking about it and talking about it, I'm going to go through, um, you know, within reason, um, kind of quick, but maybe not. We'll see. Uh, my recipe that got fourth place in the U.S. So fourth place in the U.S. is, you know, nothing, uh, you know, that's just, you know, throw I mean, it away. Basically 318 million nine hundred and. 99,996 people do it worse than you. Yes, exactly. And um, so, so yeah, so not toot my own horn, but, I mean, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't the U.S. champion like Jeremy was, but um, it's, a, it's a recipe that was good enough to get fourth in the nation. And so um, I'm just going to run through it real quick. So uh, this, was, this was my routine. And then, Jeremy, I want you to listen and I know there's going to be a couple of points that you would want to, um, especially with the water temperature, that you would want to comment probably after. So for my championship, when we were going through it, um, the two rules that we had were you couldn't use more than 18 grams of ground coffee 
and you had to have at least 150 milliliters of water that you actually used. And so that was the ratio that I decided to go with. So a pretty strong ratio when you're looking at coffee to water. And just to give you, Jeremy, and some of the one-on-oneers out there, the details of how I set it up, I set up an inverted method, um, you know, which we talk about here on this episode. And I actually used two filters and I rinsed those filters. So what using two filters and rinsing did was on the super high end, it really gave a clean cup is how I would describe it. And like I said earlier, we could only use up to 18 grams and I had 150 milliliters of water that I used. Interestingly, and I'll get to this in a second, the temperature of the water that I used was 180 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you're a 101 or and have been for a while, you know that's not where we usually brew coffee. Um, and I'll get into why I went at 180. Um, and you've probably heard a little bit of it already from Jeremy. My filter type, I used paper. Some people used metal, but I used paper. And I had a hand grinder that was dialed in to, you know, the right size that I wanted. My total brew time was two minutes until I pressed. So basically, in the competition, but you could also double this as what you do at home, I prepared my filter, so I pre-wet my double paper, paper filter, and I had my water heating up to 180 while I was doing that. I then had my inverted AeroPress, And specifically, what I usually do is I have the vessel that sits on the outside as deep as the base of the rubber plunger. So it's only about, I'm going to say about an inch into the actual plunge itself uh, sitting there on the counter. Um, That just gives me a little more working space with the coffee uh, if I'm agitating it or things like that, um, you know, before I actually do a press. I did the, I start a timer and I do 150 grams of water uh, through a pretty vigorous pour and I allow it to bloom until about 40 seconds. At that 40 seconds, I stir really well for about 20 seconds. The reason I stir really well for 20 seconds is because I lowered my temperature for extraction. I'm increasing agitation to increase extraction. So I'm kind of compensating a little bit there. Um, Let's see. I then adjust, like by plunging down, I use two hands to kind of steady myself, but I plunge down the top of the AeroPress to remove most of the air from the plunger so that, you know, it's almost like your coffee is sitting at the top of the thing. And then I attach my filter and I flip the AeroPress onto my cup. And then in competition, at this point, I'm pretty much done until I hit two minutes. Um, and same thing at home. And so when you hit two minutes, I then plunge until that hissing commences. Um, and then I usually use my thumb and my forefingers to place firmly on both sides of the AeroPress to complete that plunge or really kind of squeeze it good. And so... I shoot to complete that plunge within about 30 to 40 seconds. So a total time of about 2 minutes, 30 seconds, 2 minutes, 40 seconds for this fourth place winning U.S. AirPress Championship 
coffee. And so here's the thing with the water so and the water temp. The judges for us were drinking the coffee immediately after we finished. And so we know as 101ers that the coffee temperature is really just too hot to really get those nuances and for it to be an enjoyable cup at like 205 or even 200 or 195. And you can go back and actually listen to our episode on optimal temperatures. Um, it's, a, it's a few back, and we'll try to put a link in the show notes um, as to why it would be beneficial to drink at a lower temperature compared to what you're extracting at. And so anyway... So I had to drop that uh, temp uh, for the benefit of my judges, but I've also found that uh, at home it's a really good way to make a cup and immediately be able to drink it and enjoy it. So I dropped my temp. No, I think uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good hack, right, is keep in mind how, how quickly you want to drink that, right? So generally, right, warmer temperature will give you a more complete extraction and and ultimately might lead to a more interesting cup if you have time to wait for it. Yeah. But yeah, if you're trying to, uh, you know, get it and go right. 180 versus 200 is uh, closer to 180 is probably the right way to go. Yeah. And um, as we're kind of wrapping up talking about era press, a couple of things I thought about were, you know, one, one big thing is I feel like era press and era press championships and things like that are kind of like this, like underground cult, or fight club, you know, or something. Um, and I would encourage anybody out there, even if you think, who am I to compete in coffee? I'd say, you know, look, look for air press championships and sign up. Um, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a very approachable, um, I mean, you can certainly nerd out and do weird things with it, but like I said earlier, it's, it's pretty easy to make a pretty good cup with it. And, uh, and yeah, you're, you're right. You know, coffee competitions can get very, um, inward focused and, and snooty in their own way. Right. Yeah. That is not how my experience with AeroPress has been. Right. It's very approachable. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's usually just a good group of people having a good time and, oh yeah, by the way, they're going to brew some, some coffee while they're yeah, there. Which is, there's so, nothing better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good time. And uh, one of the big things for them specifically is they try to make almost almost minimal to no rules um, because they see other competitions that have tons of rules. Um, and so that's kind of the whole vibe that you get from it. All right. So the only thing else, uh, the only other thing that I was thinking that um, I would want to make sure we say is that 2019 – AeroPress came out with an AeroPress Go, which I actually honestly don't have one. It's probably one of the very few things that I don't have, but um, it is that travel equivalent. Um, it even comes with its own little mug and everything strategically and engineering-wise all fits, and uh, you can pack it up kind of like a transformer um, you know, into this ni- nice little bundle, and then it transforms once you get to your hotel room or your campsite. Do you have one? I don't. Um, you know, my brother does, uh, he travels even more than I do. And uh-huh. It's become his go-to because of the portability. It's even more portable. Um, but yeah, I actually don't have any first person experience with it. Okay. 
Well, cool. Well, you and I will have to just check that out sometime. Now, tell me about what's going on in your life and the life of Bond Life Coffee Roasters there in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, you know, Bond Life, it's, it's been around for 10 years now. Um, you know, bondlifecoffee.com. It's, it's been pretty neat. We, uh, you know, retail, we still do, but, but we focus more and more on our online mm-hmm. and it's been nice You know, the last, not quite a year yet. We've actually started doing some origin trips again, which was kind of fundamental to who we are, right. Is, is going and building relationships at the farm level. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty neat to be getting back to an almost normal schedule of, in fact, we're, you know, we're right in the, in the spring season of, of coffee. So Columbia, Central America, uh, some, some neat, coffee trips happening for us and getting to try, you know, new coffees, new coffees from, from producers we've been working with all kinds of weird processing methods with you and I have talked about before. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a neat time, you know, in, in the life of our business, uh, but getting back to what we do, which is hopefully source really great coffee. Awesome. Well, um, like you said, everybody can find you at bond life, coffee.com uh, and, they can also go to Bond Life Roasters on social. Yeah, Bond Life Coffee Roasters on the socials, bondlifecoffee.com. And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yep, it was a pleasure. Thank you. So, where did the name Bond Life come from? Do you know? Uh, that's a good question. And actually, I have, I don't know that I've ever asked him that. Um, but, if anybody out there wants to know, then you can just drive all night. Just drive to Cleveland, Tennessee. Go visit. Go visit them. And, yeah, and just be like, hey, Maybe what's up with this? we shouldn't invite people to their house, but. No, not their house, their coffee shop. Oh, the, oh, oh yeah, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I thought you just meant drive up to his house and be like, no. so. No. Yeah, we have a question. <laughs> Knock on the door at 3 a.m. Yeah. Be like, well, we were told to come here, so we'd be like, yeah. hey, we didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, just hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Exactly. That You know the monkey emojis on your phone? The ones yeah. with, like, the eyes? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what that's for. I oh. didn't know that until, like, a couple years ago. Because, like, there's one monkey with his ears being covered. Yeah. There's one monkey with his mouth being covered and one monkey with his... Hands, heads, eyes, eyes being, being covered. covered, yeah. Speaking of monkeys, and this now. is getting a little off, I saw a reel or a YouTube short or something like that. Uh-huh. The other day, they were interviewing some baseball guy. Yeah. And um, he was talking about how he didn't get cramps. Oh, he's <laughs> And they were like, how do you not get cramps? He's like. Say bananas? Yes. He I can said, see that. He said, he said, because he said, I drink, he said, I eat three bananas a day. Ew. He said, he said. Monkeys don't get cramps. He said, you ever walk out in the forest and see a monkey with a cramp? Oh, my goodness. And they were like, well, you, you know, you're right. True. We don't. And so he's like, see? He's like, bananas. I have a love-hate relationship with bananas. I like bananas and stuff. I like yeah. banana bread. I like strawberry banana smoothies. I cannot. And I can eat bananas in, like, slices. Yeah. But I can't just peel and eat a banana. Like, it makes me, like, have, like, a gag reflex. I don't know. It's, like, too much, Did- like, mellow have you ever seen uh i think you could look up this on amazon um the like reviews for like the banana slicer 
Oh my gosh, they're so <laughs> funny. I know. Look up a banana like a little, slicer on. And it's like a little pre slice thing. Yeah, on Amazon. But look at the comments because really funny. people specifically are like, it, they're going over the top. It's like, really funny. It is. And also, speaking of bananas again and monkeys, um, Jack Johnson. The singer? Yes. Yeah. So in like banana the. Banana pancakes. Yeah, banana pancakes, but also in the Curious George movie. Yeah. Like, the intro song is by Jack Johnson. It's called Upside Down. And I was listening to that the other day. Such a bop. Such a bop? Such a bop. Like, you need to go <laughs> well, listen to that. What does that have to do with bananas? Because it's the Curious George movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. Curious okay. George is a monkey. Okay. So, somehow, we got it's up on so monkeys good. and bananas and Jack Johnson. But, we enjoyed the episode with Jeremy. Yes. Or talking about the AeroPress, which has nothing to do with bananas. Well, I mean, somehow we got there, so it has something to do with But sometimes you it. can have coffee that has bananas as like a, oh it's like a tasting note. It's and I think it's a good tasting note because to me, yeah, to me it's, it's like a fruity, unique. but it's like a soft fruity, which, mm-hmm. which I would prefer over like a tart fruity yeah, myself. I agree. It's like almost like a sweet fruit. But anyway... We enjoyed having Jeremy on today, and we thank y'all for listening, you Coffee 101ers, you. And we want you to do a couple of things. Please, we would love for you to do this because we love you, and we know you love us. Share, like literally, there's a little, that little icon. You can go do it right now and share, share this episode podcast. with a friend or the podcasting That general. loves Jack Johnson. Yeah, listen, somebody out there who listens knows Jack Johnson. Y'all need to tell him that we would like to get him on the show to talk about bananas and coffee. That would be amazing. Talk about like his daily routine. Imagine. That would be, I feel like he would have the most chill morning routine. Like wakes up with his cup of coffee, (laughs) sits out and ponders life. Like, yeah, and like with his like ukulele or his little acoustic guitar. Yes. That would be awesome. So if you know Jack Johnson, tell him we'd love to have him on the show and we'll talk about bananas and coffee and whatever he wants to talk about. And then we'll just giggle like little schoolgirls while he's talking. Oh, I thought you said Google little schoolgirls. And I was Google. like, yeah, no, that would be weird. <laughs> All right. And then the other thing we want you to do is we want you to rate the show. So yes. you can rate the show. You can give us a little five-star thing or whatever star you think we are. Um, even as a bonus, and this is what we really enjoy, is if you just kind of write something uh, about oh, what you enjoy. I have something you can write about in a review. Tell us, like, where you listen to the podcast, because I'm actually yeah. really interested. Like, like in, in the car, car, in the morning. Like, yeah. I want to know, because I only listen to podcasts usually, like, if I'm cleaning my room or if I'm driving somewhere. Yeah, I listen to them on runs, and yeah. some in the car, but mostly on runs. Interesting. All right, peace out. Love y'all. See you next time on Coffee 101.